Hey guys, what's up? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I have my friend Jess on the show today. She's from the Hot Takes and Deep Dives podcast. I'm sure a lot of you already listened to that. We did like a whole Summer House thing. We got right into Summer House. We also talked about dating. We also talked about Sherry Shepard and, you know, Wendy Williams ending Sherry's taking over. So that's a fun one. I think you guys will like it. Before we get into that, uh, the Love is Blind finale, I've got to talk about it. All of my predictions were wrong. By the way, if you haven't seen uh, the Love is Blind finale yet, just feel free to skip ahead like five minutes. The timestamps should be in the show notes. But, oh my God, the Love is Blind finale. Glenn and I, all of our predictions that we made on last episode were completely wrong. And I love it because, you know what? I'm usually right about this stuff, especially with Bravo. I'm not saying it means that I'm amazing and that I have this like sixth sense and I'm just like smarter than everyone. I can see what's happening. I'm just saying that like Bravo is like pretty predictable. And if you've watched it for a long time, uh, you can kind of just like pick these people out if you have half a brain. Whereas, I don't know, Love is Blind just threw me off completely. So I enjoyed being surprised, although. Like, some of the people that got... I mean, okay, spoiler alert, Danielle and Nick, what the fuck? Like, oh my... There's no way. Like, they cannot last. I mean, I cannot wait for this reunion to see, like, who's still together and who's not, because I... I don't know. I'm just shocked. Uh, Sal and Mal, I want to see if they get back together. Shane and Natalie, I do think they will work things out. They seem to really love each other. Um... And I think they may be seduced by the fame a little. Although I've got to say, I've been monitoring their social media and most of the cast have only got like, I would say the average is like about 200,000 followers. Whereas the season one cast, they all pretty much got like over a million each. Lauren has, I mean, Lauren has the most because she was sort of the queen of season one. She has 2.4 million followers, I believe. So... The social engagement has really dropped. I'm kind of kind of shocked by that. But I think that Shane and Natalie will get back together. Ayana and Jarrett, they obviously were like the big happy couple at the end. I'm skeptical just because if you look up Jarrett and look, I loved their whole wedding thing. Like I actually cried in every single every single wedding I cried. I think Ayana and Jarrett the most. Like, I was very emotional during that. But if you look up Jarrett, he's a real, like, he's trying to be an actor. The link in his bio last time I checked on Instagram was to some, like, low-budget film he did. I'm just worried that he's too about the fame and Ayana isn't. But, you know, we'll see how they go. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that the couples will last because obviously season one, you had Amber and Barnett and then Lauren and Cameron, and they're like still going strong, happily married two, three years later. So, you know, I really want the the same from season two because I think for this show to really work, like you need to find love. I think if it just comes to everyone being a hot mess and having drama, like the show longevity is going to go. Now, Obviously, the fucking queen was a deep D with walking away from Shake. What a fucking douche that guy turned out to be. I mean, I think a lot of us were rooting for Shake in the end, but he was the worst. Deep D was amazing. That was like, usually those girl power moments are really cheesy. And I felt like her saying, I choose myself, felt a little scripted, but 
I don't know, I got into it. I was like, yes, you go, girl, girl boss, like tears streaming down. With Shake's reaction, you guys, I don't know if he reacted like that because, you know, he was trying to save face or maybe he just didn't give a fuck because he was just there to be on TV. If you look at his Instagram account, I think it's called something because he's a vet, remember? He's a vet and a house DJ. It's called like the 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 puppy doc or something. And it's kind of the kind of branding where he's trying to be one of those annoying like TikTok doctors that, go you know, go viral. There was a lot of them during the pandemic. Uh He's just, he's really in it for himself. So, fuck you, Shake. You suck. He started working out now. Like, he kind of has a good body now. Because remember, his body kind of looked like shit on Lovers Blind, even though he'd been, like, ragging on Deep D's looks. And then he took off his shirt and it was, like, nothing impressive. Now he's been hitting the gym, but it's like, whatever, dude. Like, you just suck ass. Anyway, I'm very excited for the reunion, and then I can't wait for them to end up doing the, you know, the after the altar, whenever they end up doing that. I hope Netflix maxes out this franchise. I want spinoffs. I want, like, Lovers Blind Couples Retreat, where the successful couples go off for, like, you know, a weekend away. I want one where the singles come back together and they're, like, you know, mingling and getting another chance at love. Like, I just want Netflix to squeeze every last drop out of this franchise. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was... SNL, we all know that SNL is the worst show ever made, not funny, it's never been funny, it's just, it's like unwatchable. Well, they did an anti-mask skit, and this pissed me off so much because it's like, okay, now we've reached the point where I guess it's socially acceptable for us to say, hey, I don't think the, you know, the masks are working, I think they're bullshit, and I know that the in America the CDC had come out and was like, yeah, these cloth masks don't really do anything, and... So much information has come out now, and now we have these smug fucks like SNL and others going, oh, we can make fun of it now, but these same people, these are the same fucking people that acted like Nazi little fucking Karens for the last two and a half years, you know, dobbing in their neighbours for breaking the, the you know, the, the, how many people you're allowed in your house, calling up the police. Oh, my God, they, they have some friends over there breaking the rules and, like, you know, put your mask on and um, supporting vaccine mandates. Again, my whole thing is, like, get the vax, don't get the vax, I don't care. I was just, I'm so against the mandates. And now they think they can just come out with pretend amnesia and act like they didn't. Act. I mean, I'm seeing that everywhere with people and they're just, they have this attitude now of like, well, COVID's over and I don't want to, you know, talk, I'm moving on with my life. I'm just really over COVID. And it's like, look, I get it. We're all over COVID, but it's like, you were a fucking little Nazi bitch for like two years, especially here in Australia. My God, the way people acted. And now that there's like more information's come out with, you know, the masks and about the the uh, efficacy of the vaccines and uh, everyone's still getting COVID and it's spreading like crazy. And then in some parts we're seeing maybe it's not that bad. Now that it's like the information that like doesn't agree with what you were acting like a little dictator about for the last two years. Now you're over COVID. Oh, you don't want to talk about COVID anymore. You're over it. Oh, how convenient. And, you know, like it is what it is. I'm not expecting the the people that pushed back against it to get any <laughs> any kind of like a recognition that maybe they weren't so wrong after all and that maybe people overreacted in I'm not saying you couldn't be scared and you couldn't like freak out and be worried and be wearing your double masks and social distancing and stuff, but just the way that people, they treated other people that they felt like weren't falling in line and were just like so judgy and 
Yeah, and with their fucking science changes, science changes. That's such a self-own when they say science changes because it's like, so you admit science changes, but you still support mandating me putting this fucking like, you know, inject something into my body, but you're saying science changes. So why would I want to do that if science changes? Like, fuck you. It's it's just so annoying. And I kind of hold them responsible for... Again, I'm talking about the people that were just complete assholes about it. I'm not saying you couldn't follow the rules and get all the boosters and stuff. Like, you know, go ahead. I'm just talking about the people that were fucking assholes because we have, like, more censorship than ever. The fucking freedom truckers in Canada, what the government did there when they first call literally called them fucking nazis and white supremacists then went and got that emergency powers act said they were terrorists and froze their bank accounts like you guys are complicit in that and now that all this fucking awful stuff's happening little people acting like fucking little dictators you don't want to talk about it anymore and now we can joke about it on snl like fuck you it's so i'm actually getting the novavax i believe this week i was holding out for novavax uh if you guys have been listening to me for a while and you listen to the patreon you know that i I did get the first jab of the AstraZeneca and then I completely regretted it and I didn't get anything since. I am getting the Novavax. I'll be honest, I don't want to get it. Um, I originally did. I originally felt very okay with it. And now, I don't know, it depends how much you follow. I know that a lot of people now, they just don't follow the COVID stuff because they're like, I'm moving on with my life. Um, Again, very convenient now to move on. Um, (laughs) But... Now that there's, like, so much stuff has come out, I actually don't want to – and just when I see, like, what, you know, Trudeau is doing in Canada and all that, I don't want to get the Novavax, but I am going to get it because, uh, you know, my grandparents are in a nursing home and, you know, I want to be able to go in and see them and it's just caused a drama. I have family pressure. Um, You know, I do want to travel and I don't know, even though the restrictions make no fucking sense and you should still be allowed to travel and go wherever the fuck you want without, you know, the vaccines and the boosters, the COVID ones specifically, um, you know, those rules might still be there and I want to travel. So it's like, I guess, you know, the Novavax is the compromise for me, but I don't feel great about it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, you know, the SNLs and and the little masksies, uh you know, talking shit about the masks. And now that it's okay, now that it's socially acceptable, it's like it's really hard to go against the grain when everyone is against you and, you know, treating you like an outcast and, like, vilifying you. And then it's so easy now when, like, kind of everyone's on that page that you can go along with it. And uh, I wish people didn't have such pretend amnesia about how they acted and about how they treated other people during this. Like, I wish they could go, you know what? I did kind of overreact and I was such a bitch about it. Like, I actually overreacted at the... I don't know if I overreacted, but I was definitely, like, a bit of a Karen for the first couple months because it was so new and we didn't know what was going on. I remember my housemate had a friend over when we weren't meant to and I'm like, that's against the rules. Like, this was, you know, when the lockdown very... the very first lockdown started... So I get it, but then I did look back and I was like, yeah, you were you were a fucking, like, a little bitch about this and uh, maybe you shouldn't have been such a pearl clutcher. And, um, you know, I get acting like that at the start, but the people that carried on for two years and now they want to have act like they would never like that and that they were just, like, normal and level-headed the whole time and that they can sit there laughing along to an SNL skit when 
they weren't like whatever anyway um i'm dropping a new patreon episode sometime this week so if you are a subscriber on patreon you'll get a new episode either in the next couple days or towards the end of the week i have a lot of topics to talk about because i you know i had jess on here today and we did a lot of summer house so i will um you know i've got housewives takes i've got some media ukraine takes i have some Big Brother takes. I have a I have a lot of things on my little um my notes app on my iPhone that I want to do on Patreon. So if you want to support the show, support me on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash unpopularjp. Also, shout out to my uh new patrons. That is uh Erica, Daniel, Rog, Lauren, Kate. Are they the newbies? Cashmere. I think I did cashmere last time. Um Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. You can follow me on social media at UnpopularJP on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Thanks for everyone that's been leaving reviews. I've been getting a lot of new reviews. Please share the podcast with your friends. That's really going to help spread it. So if, you know, you like what I do on here and you know people that you think would like the podcast, share it with them. It really helps me grow. Like you might just think, oh, I'm just one person. But trust me, the word of mouth, it really, really, really helps a lot. And uh, yeah. And if you're listening to the podcast, post it on social media and tag me, tag me on Instagram and and Twitter so I can see that you're listening to it. And, you know, it helps get the show out there more. And, you know, I like to, I love getting the feedback and I like knowing people listening to it and posting about it. So yeah. Anyway, uh, here's Jess. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you all next week. Bye guys. Hey guys, uh, I have one of my podcast friends turned real friends on the pod today. She was actually one of the first established podcasters to like reach out to me when I started and she had me on her show a bunch of times and she is amazing. So please welcome Jess Rothschild from the Amazing Hot Takes and Deep Dives podcast. Okay, first of all, can I just say something, Jacques? (laughs) Do you know how many like times I've guested on podcasts and A, they literally say my name wrong? And B, they say the name of my podcast wrong. So I want to thank you for actually a real intro, which are kind, it's kind of like hard to come by these days. Oh my God, when, <laughs> when I, guessing. literally as your surname was coming out of my mouth, in my head, I'm like, am I saying this wrong? Like, it, like alarm bells went off in my head. So I don't, uh, even care. I don't even care about my name. It's more like, can somebody like say the name of my show or like even introduce, so there, I've done entire like hours with people and like I'm like are you gonna like say who I am at all or like name the show <laughs> like you know <laughs> I've I get that too like it's crazy how lazy people are like sometimes I get people saying like um like the unpopular or unpopular opinions and it's like that's not what it's called like it's not that you just hard invented to just say- <laughs> you invented an entire other word <laughs> I know well we we met like I don't know. I guess I've been podcasting for a bit over a year. So we've probably known each other about a year now. And mm-hmm. you reached out to me and you were so supportive. And you know, I really noticed that at, at the beginning. And now we like DM and, and voice note all the time. I love it. Um, we always have, we, well, actually, sometimes we have totally the same opinion on things, sometimes completely different. Yeah. Uh, I know we've been messaging a lot about 
uh, Wendy Williams and Sherry Shepard because we're both huge Wendy watchers. So, guys, if you're yeah. listening and you don't know what's up, Wendy's out. When Wendy Williams is over and Sherry Shepard's, like, taking over. I have I have a lot mm-hmm. of theories on this. I mm. uh, Tell me what you think about this, okay, first, and then I'll jump in. Oh, my God. Okay, so... I don't, I think it's, first off, I think it's very sad for Wendy. Like, I'm a huge Wendy fan. I used to, I was first introduced to Wendy when she would make guest spots on Howard Stern. And she was one of Howard's best guests. And then at some point, he stopped having her on, as he does with a lot of people. Like, Sandra Bernhard was one of his best guests. And then eventually, like, for some reason, the relationship kind of falls apart. So that was how I was initially introduced to Wendy. And then, of course, I just went back on YouTube and listened to all of her iconic radio interviews and appearances, like with Mariah and, um, of course, the Whitney Houston interview. And then... Eventually, her talk show came out. And so, I mean, name a more, name somebody who has given more creative content, like just that is so just off the cuff and natural based on their own fucking up, like live on television. Yeah, look, I'm not even a daytime TV fan whatsoever, but I watch Wendy all the time. And one thing about Wendy is she's so good that even when I start to think like, oh, Wendy's slipping or I'm kind of over Wendy, something always draws me back to her. Like, I don't know what it is. She's just so good. It's like the facial reactions, like the commentary. Um, I get kind of, I get most of my gossip from Wendy Williams, I think. Like Wendy Williams and Page Six. I think it's so I think what you're trying to hit on, it's that she's so unrehearsed. Like it's all I mean, there was even that episode where she was late and you literally see her like walking in with the fur. Like <laughs> like she's so goddamn natural and that is so rare. Like when you look at like housewives or even even on the view, they know what they're gonna say. Like it's even being like said to them in their ear from a producer. Like every, all of these talking points have already been established. She is really the only raw show in the game. I mean, but, forget about late night, like none yeah. of that is. That's Authentic. horrible. But like almost but it was getting like too raw at the end because we all know that in recent wow. years she was like <laughs> screwing up and then Norman had to like Norman was carrying the show and then she would snap at Norman and Susan and then she'd have to like apologize on air and obviously it was entertaining but it was kind of like something's not right here and now she's in this whole thing where like Wells Fargo not giving her access to her money because they're saying she's not of sound mind and now she has lawyers coming in and I don't think she's of sound mind. I think there's more going on. I think there's some kind of conspiracy around those videos that she posted on her Instagram. She posted like a birthday video Mm -hmm. and a video of her walking on the beach. I'm wondering, are they old videos? Are they just moments when she sort of had it together and they could put it out there? Like, I think there's serious stuff going on. Did you see her Insta story, which was a text reaction to her crisis manager, Howard Bragman, basically giving that statement that like Wendy like is sort of in support of Sherry Shepard? Did you because it's now like you can't even find it like people had to take screenshots. What did you think when you saw those? She basically said that she didn't authorize that statement. And he's like, Uh you did. 
I don't yeah, I don't think she I don't think she even controls her Instagram. I don't think she would know how to use Instagram. I really think that she is sort of that typical but this celebrity. Is, this was from a pri- this was this was not Oh, but the this was comment from a different the, like a new account. The, so a brand oh, I don't know, but it's like it's just weird because why can't she just come out and then do any like even if she's sick if she's well enough to walk on a beach and talk into a camera like we saw on that thing, why can't she just, like, jump on Zoom and speak to, like, ABC or something and set the record straight and people would come to her house and do her hair and makeup and everything? Like, she's clearly not of sound mind to do this. And as for Sherry, um, look, am I going to watch the show with Sherry Shepard? No. Uh, but I think Sherry will do a fine job for – daytime tv audiences like she'll appeal to the to the average person that watches daytime tv but it like people like me that just tuned in for wendy you know i'm done like that's it i can't did you watch any had you watched any of the guest hosts like the fill-in hosts like michael rapaport sherry leah remini did you watch any of those some of them and it's just not the same so the reason why sherry got the job, actually, oh, here's a tidbit for you. You know who was really being kicked around as a name to get this job? Who? Bevy Smith. Oh. Bevy Smith. She, she was she, just on your podcast. So I, she, yes. So in, when we, rec- we recorded it like a few weeks ago and she had this guest, she did a, um, her name was being kicked around. And just last week, she did a full week of guest host spots on the Wendy show. And in the interview, she actually said that at the House of Gucci premiere, Andy Cohen came up to her and was like, Bevy, I really think you could get it. Like, I really think you could get this job. And she said to him, I don't want that job. Like, she flat out didn't want she doesn't want to do all the work. Like, and she readily admits that. She's like, that's a grind. I don't, she's like, I just want a more flexible schedule. But she made, she asked me to edit that out. Like the part where she, she basically restated it saying like, my name is being, but is bubbling up for a few things in the interview. That's what you hear her say. But she literally said when we were together recording, she's like, yeah, I'm up for the Wendy show. And she's like, oh, wait, let me, she's like, can you not put that out? Wow, that is okay. That's huge. She w- is the only one that could bring that Wendy-ish energy. Like she's the only one with that sass and that could kind of carry the torch over. Because Sherry Shepard's fine. She's cute. She's a, a nice lady. But you know, this she's not Wendy Williams. Like this is a completely different show. Whereas with Bevy, she does like Bevy is the type of girl that she could make those memes and those viral moments like Wendy did. And she's sort of like one of the only ones now. You mentioned The View before. So, I've obviously, I don't watch The View, but I, you know, I enjoy the controversies as they break on Twitter and everything. And mm-hmm. obviously, we've had Whoopi in a controversy and then Joy Behar recently with her, um, why is there a war? I want to go to Italy for my to vacation. Italy, yes. <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> do, do you feel like they're kind of being exposed a bit without Meghan McCain as kind of a smokescreen because it was so easy for Meghan McCain to be the punching bag and to make them look good because, you know, Meghan was sort of always wheeled out as as the clown. And now that she's gone, it's like they're putting their foot in their mouth more. That's a good question. No, I don't think it has anything to do with Meghan McCain. I think they're just – I think that they just – 
maybe they're maybe the reins are a little bit looser right now, you know, just because I don't know, maybe they're just sort of like more willing clearly to just like freewheel it. And then that's what gets them into trouble. But that's what makes great TV. Yeah, it does. I mean, I wasn't yeah. out. I wasn't outraged by it. I thought it was funny. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah leave them on air. Like, have Whoopi should talk more. <laughs> Get more of these hot Whoopi yeah, takes. Like, it's good TV. Um, so wait, you know what's interesting? So there is. Did you ever listen to the? They did like a back behind behind the viewer. Like, I think it's called like behind the table, where they had like Joy and Meredith Vieira, like as they were. I don't know what it was in honor of. I don't remember. Whatever. The new season of The View, they did interviews where they would just have co-hosts, like basically like in conversation with each other. Did you listen to that at all? No, but did anyone spill anything good? Okay. So, yes, apparently. (laughs) Yes. So, I think in like the second or third episode of the show, Sherry Shepard is talking about how she got the job on The View. You remember, of course, you remember the Rosie Elizabeth Hasselbeck split screen, right? Yeah. She was guest hosting that day. Like she was on the panel. Like it, it was, but she basically said it was between her, Sherry Shepard, and Kathy Griffin. And that day was a Wednesday. That was the day that the big Rosie Elizabeth split screen happened. And Sherry, being a comedian, she like lightened the mood and like was cracking jokes like after and Barbara Walters liked how she handled that situation. And so she freely says, this is like a quote. She goes, what cemented me coming on was Rosie was when Rosie got into it with Elizabeth. The permanent co-host position was between Kathy Griffin or me. This is how God be moving. I'm giving exact quotes. She goes, they gave Kathy, Kathy Griffin the Friday. They gave me the Thursday. So we each had a day and all the stuff happened on Thursday. Oh, uh, you know what? Now, when you mention that, it makes me think about the Wendy show. And Sherry Shepard is so nice. She's, you know, she's so sweet. It's going to be boring. Yeah, it's going to be boring. And it's also going to be like Wendy was the last one of those like mean people in the mainstream because Howard Stern is obviously like, you know, changed. And Wendy was the last, even though she changed a lot from her radio days and she toned it down. She's the last one in the mainstream that's still kind of mean and like a little edgy, mm-hmm. and it's over. Like, one of my it's one of my era. one of my favorite Wendy interviews was when it was like it was the season when Luann. It was the season. It's about Tom. So I guess it was like season eight, and Luann goes on the Wendy show, and Wendy is such a fucking cunt to Luann. You have to dig this. You need to find this interview. It is wild how she's like, she's looking at her. Just Wendy is looking at Luann with just total fucking contempt. Like you are an idiot. Well, she was mean to like the housewives all the time. Like she had Cynthia on before Cynthia got fired and she's like, oh, I hear there's a rumor someone's getting fired. I think it should be you. And (laughs) she always, I I mean, some of it I think was project. I think it was projecting a lot with her when she would come after people for relationship things because obviously that was sort of going on in her life and then I think she was projecting onto them. She also, you know, I didn't like her attitude that she had towards reality stars and housewives a lot where she always acted like they were lessening themselves so much and why are you on this show and, oh, you're above this. It's like, girl, like, you're amazing, but you're a fucking talk show host. Like, you're not like a fucking NASA scientist, like calm down, you know, (laughs) like she was always so rude to people for being housewives. But look, 
I brought you on here because I wanted us to talk about Summer House because you're a big fan of Summer House. I like Summer House. Like, I'm a fan as well. And then when this new season started, when the trailer came out, I was like, you know what? It looks fun, but I don't know if I can do it. I think I'm just a little bravoed out. I don't know if I want to watch another season of Summer House. I had tried to watch the premiere when it came out, and then I just kept kept having things in my real life, like people coming over and stuff and interrupting me while I was trying to watch it. I was like, oh, fuck this. And then I kept getting messages from everyone going, no, please, like, just go back and watch Summer House. And every, like, podcast is going, oh, Summer House is the best. And then you messaged me, and you were like, you need to, like – binge the whole thing so i was like fuck it i'm gonna binge it come on oh wait have you not have you not seen previous seasons no i have i have i've seen seasons i saw some of season one i don't think i watched season two and three and then i i watched the the page and hannah seasons and i watched last year so i think it's only two and three that i haven't seen but i just felt a bit i don't know there's just so many shows that i'm like do i do i need to commit to summer house i didn't get through winter house i watched I think I watched the first episode. I thought it was cute, but I was also like, I don't know if I can be bothered. And now that I've like bit the bullet, I'm very glad that I have because this season's really on fire. Like it's really good. Every episode is fucking good. Um, And, you know, it doesn't have the same, uh, it doesn't have the same crossover kind of cultural impact that Vanderpump Rules had. But I do feel like right now in this moment, in terms of the little Bravo bubble, the world of Bravo, mm-hmm. it is like the hottest, it is kind of like the hottest youngest show that like fans are talking about, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, this season isn't as, this season is definitely not as gripping as last season, the the quarantine season when they were truly truly in that house the whole time. I thought that was really one of the best seasons. Like I would rank that up there with some of the best of Vanderpump Rules. Um, I thought that that was definitely on par. This season is like not that not the magic isn't quite there. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I have so many like questions for you. I mean, first of all. Why are Luke, why is Luke still there? And what are they doing with Alex? And and do you think any of them are gay? Okay, yes. Like, do you, yeah, okay. I have a lot, yeah, I have a lot to say on this. Okay, I'm not a Luke fan. I never was a Luke fan. When I saw Luke come back, I was like, oh, when I saw that Luke was on Winterhouse, I was like, oh, like, Luke does not do it for me. Um, It's not. Okay, I would say I do love this season. There's actually a lot of people on Summer House that I dislike and I find boring. So, Luke, I think, is boring. Alex is so miscast. Alex and Maya, where the fuck did they find Alex and Maya? They're both bad. I know that people Maya's getting a lot of support at the moment because she sort of had an episode where she came out and said it's hard to be black in the Hamptons. But honestly, it's like you're not fitting in because you're just just sort of like a nerd. Like they're all nerds that are just – you were so completely miscast. I don't know why you're here. Like Maya even said, I'm an I'm an introvert and a homebody, and she's hanging out in the room with sober Carl, who is unbear, who's so boring now as well. Like there's a lot of really boring I love people. Carl. I love Carl. He's my favorite. Oh my, he's he's actually probably my least favorite. Um, wow. I I used to like Carl. Oh yeah, I don't know. Carl's hot. Like everyone wants to fuck Carl because he's sort of one of the only like kind of masculine men on Bravo. Like he's still sort of got a hairy chest and he has like a deep voice that he's really tall and everyone wants to bang him. But I think Sober Carl is so dull. I will say that I 
love watching Alex, even though he should not be on this show. Yes, he seems gay. I don't I don't actually think he's gay. Like the first episode, I'm like, he's gay, but I just think he's like a metrosexual type A like mm-hmm. nerd. I don't really think that he's gay. But his li- his lines about like the turkey and oh um my favorite was when he said that people in Marvel movies they only have to be ripped 3 months of the year where he has <laughs> to be ripped 12 months cuz he's a personal trainer on Instagram like so sorry. He he, <laughs> he used to train he used to be an instructor at Barry's boot camp which is like a popular you know it's like a soul cycle it's like it's like one of those. You're a Barry's and- regular. I am a Barry's regular, um, as are Lindsay and Carl. Um, if anybody wants to meet me at the Pet Park Avenue South location, we can go to a class with them. You can DM me. But anyway, Alex used to be an instructor at Barry's, and he was fired because he sucked, because he didn't have a personality. Like That's why Barry's – any type of instructor that succeeds, it's because they have a good personality, Like by and large. Um, and so how he wound up on – television as a an entertainer <laughs> confounds me obviously well, wait i'm just gonna say it i think i think he was a diversity casting i think maya was too um mm-hmm. i think a lot of them were and they got it wrong because it's like yeah i mean i'm all for di- diversifying the cast go ahead but like you can't cast introverted nerds like you've got to get yeah. like the reason that Sierra worked. Okay, Sierra did start off a little bit slow on her first season, but even from her first season on the show, when you saw how messy her bedroom was, what a dump it was, it's like okay, right. this you have the personality to be on a show like this. <laughs> just judging by your bedroom, and I'm so glad that Bravo stuck by Sierra because Sierra came out the gate hot when she had the issue with Luke, and then I think she faded into the background a bit. But I'm so glad they gave her Winter House because she really kind of came alive on Winter House from everything I saw. And now I think she's kind of part of the Summer House A team, like she's killing it, but. I just think that it's not even an insult to Maya because she seems lovely. She just seems like a nice, normal person that shouldn't be at Summer House. And Alex is like, dude, like, what are you useless. doing? He is completely useless. Totally. I did hear a rumor. Oh, I think it was like a Barry's instructor, like over the summer, you know, when I was like checking in. I don't know. They all because they they're still like a little bit friendly with him. I was like, so what's going on with this guy? And they said, we'll see if this comes to fruition, but my intel at Barry's, meaning just like my favorite instructor who gossips with me, he told me that Alex eventually hooks up with Lindsay. And it's like basically just for the show. So oh, it, I- we need to, but so more to follow. We need to see if that tea is real. This tea, this is not like confirmed tea. This is like Barry's bootcamp gossip mill. Well, do you believe that, that, Alex is into Sierra, or do you think that's a storyline that he's trying to have happen? And Sierra's a bit like, oh, I need to be hooking up with someone, so let me try Carl, let me try Alex. Like, I do feel like there's a bit of... I do I think, think there's a I bit of fake romances. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a showmance. No, I don't believe these people are, like, attracted to each other. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what do you... What do you? Wait, wait, actually, I've got two thoughts going on in my head. One is... What is this secret world of Barry's boot camp and instruct? <laughs> like that's a reality show, right? Like that's what actually it there. Like. Actually, there was they were okay. So you know Jackie Warner workout, right? Yeah, so, you told me about that. I haven't seen it, but you filled me. Oh, in. you would need your, to. That is. I've like heard classic. your interview on your podcast. Yeah. That is classic Bravo. You need to watch the first three seasons of Workout, but they eventually 
uh, rebooted workout when it, it was like workout New York. And they this was what year was this? Because I was this was like, I don't know. This was in the last like six years, maybe like six or seven years ago. They created workout New York. And in this version, what they did was they took they plucked instructors from Barry's boot camp and they pretended that they all worked at a gym. Like it was totally fake. <laughs> and they pretended that they worked at a gym and that was it. And then they would just like fight with each other. But I know a lot of those people because they're still at Barry's. Like one guy wound up getting fired because he like quit in like a fiery sort of like dramatic flair because he thought he was a TV star. Another guy went on to like create Rumble, which is like a boxing thing. Why am I? Wh- why? Why am I talking about this? Well, because I asked you. A, oh, because you said it sounds like a reality show. Yeah, but why don't <laughs> yeah. they just? I mean, you don't even have to. You could do Barry's. You could do F forty five. That's huge in Australia, and I know that's getting more popular in the mm-hmm. US. Like they've got a number of what they've got that what is the Orange Theory. You could find one of the Peloton. Like the, tru- the truth is the place where all of the drama and I said years ago that I wanted to make a documentary about this but I think now I think the time has come and gone but the fitness studio with hands down the most salacious insane shit is soul cycle like there have been lawsuits like like instructors fucking married women and instructors um being written up for harassment a guy like raped someone and then the woman like told her story um stories about the training like there i was just listening to a podcast i'll send it to you where the the creator of the podcast solicits like voice like solicited like voicemails and like voice memos like and people could write in and she basically shares all of these stories that people have come out about about like so it's like former instructors former people at corporate this is where truly all of the insane drama is we'll get Get the cameras rolling. Either do the Soul get, Cycle yeah. show where it's these thirsty <laughs> and they want to get Soul Cycle like back on top and they're really hungry for it, or do it with they Barry's should. boot camp, which is the fitness craze. And you know, if you rise to the top of Barry's boot camp, I will say that there's okay, so this is so random, the fact that I even know this. So Playboy has launched their own OnlyFans alternative called Centerfold, and they've got they hired Cardi B to be like the creative director, which I don't know what that even is, but they're trying to compete with OnlyFans. And I was looking at the website when I saw the Cardi B thing, so I was curious. And they had all of their creators, and they had like male creators featured on the front page with you know porn stars and stuff. And I saw this guy, and I'm like, why is there this like guy? Like it's just was so random to me. And then I clicked and I found his Instagram and he was a famous Barry's boot camp person that I think Wait, his what's Ke- his name? I think it was Keegan or something. Um Keegan. he looked he looked LA. Um Oh. I'd have to go on the website, but he obviously had gotten kind of famous from Instagram and Barry's boot camp and everything. So obviously if you're a prominent Barry's boot camp instructor, you can get some kind of, at least on Instagram, you know, like following. So I feel like that, okay, we're, yeah. so, we're so off track, but like, <laughs> I well, do I want know. this no, show. I, I, think, I maintain that the real drama goes down with it's the soul cycle instructors who are problematic. Like the Barry's instructors are not problematic. It's the soul cycle instructors. It's because they try, they're seducing you. The entire concept of soul cycle and how they literally train them is to seduce you 
like by making certain eye contact. Barry's is an actual workout. Okay, well, I don't know. One of these. I could talk about. I could literally talk about this topic for an hour, but let's move on. (laughs) No, I actually feel like this is a future episode. Like, (laughs) let's do it. Um, okay, where? Okay, so Carl, where was I even with this? Alex. Okay, yeah, Alex ending up on the show. The showman says yes. Now I know what I was going to say. I'm skeptical of Lindsay and Carl's romance. A lot of people are buying into it. Full. You are uh, insane. I Why? just feel like they're the two old, they're the two crusty old OGs. They're getting in new people on the show. Um, they've, they tried to have a romance before, which I was skeptical when they did that. I think maybe it was season four. They may have done that. Yes. Um, I don't know. It just seems very convenient. And I think that they both need, Carl especially needs a, a storyline on there. And I don't know. It's just a bit, it seems very convenient and they don't have, I don't know. I just it's not clicking for me, but I know that everyone's buy- everyone buys it, but something They're is- for sure together. 100%. They're together. And do you, do you think they're like in love and everything? Like do you think yeah. it's this actual no, full on thing? I think they are going to I think they're going to make it and I think Kyle and Amanda she's going to have two kids with him and be out. Well, that's Kyle my prediction. And- Kyle and Amanda, okay, this is so, there's so much to unpack with Kyle and Amanda. Before I jumped into season six and I was seeing people on social media talking about Kyle and Amanda and, you know, they're having problems, I think I thought in my head, like, oh, it's just the usual bickering or I bet they're arguing for a storyline. And then I start watching the show and I'm like, oh my God, these two are like, this isn't fake. Like, this, they are like, these two, disaster. these two, they, These two people do not belong together. And I think they felt the pressure of they need to deliver this wedding for the show. Okay. They have two TV shows that is riding on them as a couple. And they, even though they, they always talk about the pressure of lover boy, I actually think lover boy is like number three when it comes to like the order of the pressure. Like lover boy, if, if they break up, Two businesses now fail, Summer House and Winter House, or if they don't get married. But yeah, if they break up, Loverboy could go on if they're not together. Like she, he'll hire another art director, like whatever. I think they felt the pressure to do, if they had not got, and also even the way they got engaged was not even authentic. Like it was done on camera, like everything about the relationship. I think Kyle may not even stayed with her had there not even been a TV show. I think that, okay, I disagree about Loverboy. I don't know if Loverboy is still going to sell without Summerhouse because, like, that's that's sort of why people know about it. That's why people are buying it. I do know a lot of people do drink Loverboy. Like, it seems to have crossed over in a way that most Bravo products do not, but I don't know how hot Loverboy would be if you don't have the summer house cast that are currently on tv going around and doing the sort of the the brand meetings whatever it is that kyle does going around and meeting distributors and kyle said that he was four million in the in the hole if lover boy fails mm-hmm. so i do th- feel like there's a financial pressure of like lover boy could go under and then i'm gonna go under if lover boy goes under because i took this huge fucking loan for it so we have to keep this going but they're a complete disaster. Are you? Do you have a team like Team Kyle or Team Amanda? Because I think fucking Amanda is really just such a drainer. <laughs> I so I 
listen, I like them individually as people. I just dislike them as a couple. They're both at fault. Listen, in a relationship, like there's no one person who's at fa- who's at fault. Kyle is, has a serious alcohol problem that he will not address. I don't know if maybe that's going on behind the scenes. You like, I don't know what the deal is there, but he clearly has an alcohol problem. He clearly has continued cheating on her throughout, even after he was caught or like admitted it, whatever, a few seasons ago. And Amanda is too immature to, or she's either too immature or not confident enough to deal with something like this. In this case, their age difference is too great. Like she's too immature and he has serious problems. That's sort of my take on it. And yeah, she's being incredibly I don't want to use the word immature again. She's just she's not being negative. constructive. She's very yeah. she's very negative and just critical all the time. I do think that she would we would see another side of her if she didn't have the baggage of this bad relationship because that does bring out negativity. Like if you're going through a rough time in your life, that's the side of you that's going to come out more. So I do think we could maybe get a, a different Amanda if she was, you know, single. And oh, but then we're going to have to go through her being heartbroken over this. Oh my god, we're going to get negative <laughs> Amanda for <laughs> for a long time to come. I mean, actually, you know what? I was just thinking about because before I said, okay, the show goes under if they're not a couple, but. Actually, I think that totally revives the show. If they break up, she'll she's gonna literally like leave New York City and start a new life on a farm somewhere. That is gonna be her future. Like ten years from now, Kyle will still be a media personality, and it will be him finding a new girl. That's the story. Do you fully buy Carl sober? Like yes. Oh. And how, okay, how- could, <laughs> Why do you not, you psycho? Uh, I don't know. He's just, he's, how can you enjoy watching Carl now where he's going, I'm going to bed early. I, I make my bed. I clean my room. Like, I don't like I don't to know, have it's, a late it's, night. It's, I mean, this is his reality. I mean, I'm not saying it's the most entertaining thing in the world, but- But is it a summer house reality? Like, that's not, so, it's not sober house. It's summer house. So, why are you here? <laughs> how, how long have you been? How, when did you write that no, line? No, I just thought that one up, actually. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> ben, is Benji in the back writing, writing jokes? <laughs> It's just, um, it's not a fit in the same way that Maya's not a fit. I'm an introvert. I'm a homebody. Well, then go so home. The, okay. So, okay. That, that's so funny. So, you know how in the past couple of episodes, there's been like, there was one episode, like the one where Maya came to them about, you know, when she had the, the yeah. big scene at the end. Carl was literally not in that episode at all. He was completely absent. And then this past week, Lindsay was completely absent. And for the first three episodes, Luke wasn't even there. I think this is contractual stuff. Um, I'm curious to know, like, really what it's about, because it's very strange that Carl well, f- would. like. Okay, the format overall is, I did want to ask you, you kind of brought it up. But Earl, at the start of the interview, when you said about how the quarantine Big Brother style season last year was like the best, and I did want to say, what do you think? Because I kind of assumed that they were going to just keep doing the show like that. Honestly, I just thought, oh, this will be the format going ahead, COVID or no COVID. And then I was kind of surprised this season to see them constantly go back to New York during the week, and then we get little glimpses of it there, and they pick up on the weekends. And I don't know if this makes the show either incredibly 
contrived because there's certain things they need to just save for the weekend and then maybe they're they're plotting and stuff during the week and we're not seeing it or if it makes the show completely natural because it's a bit like whoever shows up at the summer house this weekend we're going to keep following you and then we do have moments where Lindsay's not there and carl's not there because they've i'm busy that weekend i'm not just filming a show i have a life and then some so i i don't know i'm i don't know how i f- feel about it if i like it if i don't like it it's certainly interesting um <laughs> i just wish they'd be more transparent like give an explanation as to why carl like they did the next episode that he was like oh yeah i went to california it's like why was that not mentioned yeah that like like, like what, the second lead like literally number two on the call sheet is like not in this entire episode and we're not going to get an explanation why like it's weird <laughs> How hard is it? I wanted to ask you as a New Yorker, is it really draining to go from New York to the Hamptons for yes. just a week? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm it like, is. how do they have the energy to do this and then party and go back to real life? You must be like half dead. Yes, correct. <laughs> because <laughs> I look, everyone knows that I just moved out of the Sydney, which is mm-hmm. like probably, you know, like a drop compared to New York. And I found Sydney kind of exhausting getting around and now that i'm sort of you know in a small town i'm loving just how easy it is to just like jump in the car and go anywhere you want and going you know going and doing something doesn't feel like a whole oh, how am i getting there and it's going to take this long and it's a whole draining thing and i see the people on summer house literally driving up that fucking highway to the hamptons every weekend and then like just to, for two days of hard partying and then coming back and i mean i think that's why sometimes we have got a few nights where they've gone to bed early because i think they're just like fucking tired (laughs) it's yeah it is i mean the reality is it is exhausting it is a it's a two and a half hour drive like sometimes three if there's a lot of traffic and it's much nicer to just be able to like stay for an extended period i mean it's totally uh I, I, it's totally contrived that they have to go back to go to work because like last year we saw that they can all I mean Lindsay does not have a full-time this is Lindsay's full-time job and then she's an influencer she doesn't do publicity anymore Carl works for lover boy so like maybe he's doing stuff I don't know it's I don't Paige know why does her Amazon live streams for her it's kind fashion of, thing they probably just didn't want to pay you know then they that means that they're filming seven days a week or maybe they took a day off you know i don't know what the filming schedule was but i i don't i don't really have an answer and does this make the show better or not because in some ways like you did get a very intense high pressure season when you locked them all in that although i think some of that was covid we were all stressed about covid i think there were other things going on there was just a lot of upheaval in the world at that time so i think tensions were high naturally this way is kind of interesting because you they get to live a bit of a life during the week and then come back and kind of give you the best stuff on the weekend. I don't know. Um, I wanted to ask you about these fucking random people that they party with at these. Who are these people? Because okay. they have these strangers. Are they yeah. extras? Like, And do you okay. think another part to this question that it's a two-parter, um, do you feel like the main eight Summer House team, do you think they feel like they're just at work when they're partying with these strangers and the cameras are here and I better do a shot and like pretend to talk to these people and make a scene like I'm paid to party? Or do you think they're actually partying? I don't think that they are genuinely interacting with those people other people i think they're you only see them really interacting with with each other with the main but cast. one of one of them kicked andre in the face so obviously there was something there's that was they crazy do mix in a bit <laughs> yeah, that like. was amazing <laughs> 
That was amazing. So, okay, the people at those parties, that's a great question. Um, they are either like friends, they're friends of, so like they could be friends of the crew, friends of whoever, they're influencers, there's somebody, they're people who somehow got invited to the summer house party. Like, do you want to like, do you want to come to the summer house filming this weekend? Like we're doing, like I've gotten texts like that and I'm like, no, I don't like, it sounds exhausting. Like there's always, you gotta like obviously know somebody and then maybe that person will bring a friend and then they can get two in. But it's, um, yeah, a lot of people okay. and it's okay, their dream. that. And were you were you surprised that there weren't more Winterhouse people that crossed over? Because they did. I just kind of thought with Winterhouse, I'm like, oh, this is they're going to bring a bunch of these people over to Summerhouse. And then I think we really only got Andre. I think he's the only one that survived. We there was he that is. blonde girl. There was that ga- uh, there was that ga- Gabby, the one with the. They had some firecrackers oh, yeah. on Winterhouse, so I was a bit like I felt like they had some contenders in there, like more. And then instead, like it's so weird to me that you had the people in Winterhouse that established connections with everyone and kind of had some storylines and some drama. Again, I didn't. Wa- I only watched the first episode, but I know there was one girl that seemed to be like hitting on Kyle. Why wouldn't you bring her? But instead, you got Alex and Maya. Like what? I. That's a great. That's a you got a great point there. I have a controversial thought here. Um, I find it okay. You know how you're like sus on like Carl and Lindsay, which is ridiculous because they clearly are a real couple in real life. I mean, Jesus. Maybe they're for I don't know. Maybe they're forcing it, and maybe it's I don't know. No, are they stop a real it. couple without stop TV? It. Stop. We'll it. see. I have a very hard time believing that Lindsay continued to date. Jason, the guy from Winterhouse, continued to date him, and he is the guy who got her pregnant. Oh, so you think that might be that may have been made up? No, I believe that she had a miscarriage. The idea that it's from this got one guy who, like, they literally kissed in like one episode of Winterhouse. Like, I have a very hard time believing that she went on to continue seeing him. Something is not sitting right with me on that. that I don't seems, believe it. That seems like a. I could see her. Like, let's take taking the the, the miscarriage thing out of it. Um, I could see her stringing that guy along as like, oh well, maybe he will get cast for Summer House, and it's better if I have someone that's been on TV on the hook, you know, like to to come along and be my storyline. Oh wait, what is okay, this is side note. What is with Danielle and her boyfriend? And I really don't care about Danielle. I do think she's I think she's a supporting player. I'm surprised yeah. she keeps they keep putting her in the main cast because she's a good friend to them. I she works really well as a sounding board and she seems like a nice person. I just don't think she needs to be part of the main cast. I think she can be the friend that well, you that's chat what she to is. When, yeah, she is, but then they still upgraded a main I'm like ah, who what? cares let her have um, let her have it she's been here since the beginning yeah well whatever but her boyfriend quitting her boyfriend quitting his job I was like oh my god like do you wait are you is, you, is he really quitting his job like for no, no, real no, no. reasons or do you no, no, think no, no. he's, he's gonna be a main character on something no, no, no. quit he's, his job he's a chef so like okay. he quit that restaurant and he's just going to another restaurant. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, oh my god, is this guy like thinking I'm here's my meal ticket, Summer House? Like Summer House doesn't seem like much of a meal ticket for anyone. I don't think they get paid much, and I think you've got to do 
a lot of like oh. they don't have a lot of them don't have that many Instagram followers, with the exception of Hannah and Paige. A lot what of do you, them- what do you think of Paige? We, we, with this with this Craig and Andrea, mm. I feel like Craig came off like so unlikable in that one episode. So I'm curious to see how he eventually wins Paige over because from the evidence we've seen so far, he just seems to be gaslighting the shit out of her. Craig, do do you watch Southern Charm? No. Craig, sorry. That's we say Craig and it's just Craig. Um he he's a fucking hot mess. Like he's likable because you're kind of like, oh, poor Craig, but he's a fucking disaster. Like he's an alcoholic. He's just the typical kind of guy that got really sucked into the fame and the partying and and wanting to be relevant. Uh, and you know, all through Southern Charm, like his storyline for years was that he couldn't pass the bar because, and he's actually a smart guy, and he couldn't because all he did was party and go out, and then. He's a mess. I am very surprised that he could get a girl like Paige. Uh, I find Paige interesting because I feel like Paige is somebody that she didn't... I'm not saying she's made the wrong decision. I'm just saying that she didn't have to go down the trashy reality TV path. I think that she could have dated like a Wall Street... I mean, I think she did date a Wall Street guy at one point. She could date a rich hot guy that has a lot going on and that is sort of like a mover and shaker in New York. She's cute and classy enough and has enough connections that she could have got that. And I think she instead chose to be, I think she's a big fish in a small pond in the reality world. Like she's kind of becoming, she's sort of becoming the new Bravo it girl. Cause it kind of went Stassi, Hannah burner. And now mm-hmm. it's like Paige's turn and she's really shining without Hannah, with Hannah taken out of the equation, Paige has really been able to shine. Like, Paige totally. has now surpassed her at Instagram followers, which before Hannah had more. Hannah had the hit podcast and stuff, and Giggly Squad is huge now. And I- Wait, do you want to hear the funniest thing? Yeah, go. So, literally last week in therapy, I'm sitting with my therapist over Zoom, right? And I don't know how it came up. I, I don't know how it came up, but my therapist admits to me that she listens to Giggly Squad. And I, and, <laughs> I, I and I told her that's really embarrassing and I'm questioning a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, right I'm i a supporter of Giggly Squad. So I don't actually really listen to it, but I'm a supporter of Hannah and Paige's podcasting careers, maybe because I just dream of being a podcaster on reality television. Something about ha- – I can't hate Hannah. Like, she does so many things and I t- toxic things that I recognize in – actually, I recognize a lot of her traits in a – real friend that I had that was a Mm. utter nightmare that I had to cut out of my life. And my life has been so much more serene and peaceful since I got this person out. And they remind me of Hannah and something about Hannah. I just, I don't know. Wait, 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 go back to this friend. What were the traits? I, you know what? I can't even say them because this friend is so, this ex-friend is just so, I don't want to put anything out. Like it's the, the sort of person that would like get wind of this and go, you were talking about me and would then would like lose it on Instagram. So I don't even mm. want to go to like, okay. but I recognize some of those, those Hannah, those hysterical Hannah traits. And I don't know why I just, maybe I like complicated. I like these people because they're fun to be friends with until they're not, you know, because they yeah. have a lot of drama and they are like, they can be that fun friend. And then they're eventually the toxic. Entertain- the thing is they're entertaining until they it are. becomes, it's- it's fun until it's not. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So maybe yeah. that's what my attraction to Hannah is. But Paige, I feel like 
Because oh. I have an answer for you. Yeah, how you're saying she could have gone with a Wall Street type. You're surprised. Do you want me to tell yeah. you right now? Yeah, go. The guy she was with, Perry, who I, I don't know what he did for a living. Maybe he worked. I don't know if he, if he was in finance. I don't know what he did. But he did not want to be on camera. And that was a huge problem in their relationship. So when that relationship ended, obviously she has to now, she can't have two relationships that she can't showcase on the show. Yeah. So she has to go with a fellow cast member. Yes. And I think she's so much better than Craig. And I don't know, maybe they just like partying together. Maybe she's now she has been like, she was that sort of New York kind of, the socialite influencer girl now she's really gotten into the sort of reality tv partying scene and she's gone in too deep i feel like andre andrea could have been a really good he was a really good fixer-upper because i don't think he has any money i don't yeah. think he has a real job or anything but he's so good looking and he has a good personality and they look good together that they have sort of influencer reality TV power couple potential um, and they just look good together and I think he's really good arm candy and I think he's good for her image and Craig, I don't know, I guess Craig is good for storyline. Like they, oh, they're going to have a lot of drama and is she going to appear on Southern Charm? I think, like, is she- yes. <laughs> Which is so a she little- looks, So this means she's going to be on three Bravo shows. I, well, she's, she's an opera, she's a hustler, like- and I'm I'm very interested in how far is her career gonna go with this because again you're gonna be on like three shows and really kind of now that Vanderpump Rules is it it's it's dead like even if it keeps airing it's it's mm-hmm. over you're on kind of like the hottest youngest sort of the coolest shows now on Bravo you've surpassed Hannah with the Instagram followers you've got. She doesn't have two, no, because Hannah has two podcasts. Well, Giggly Squad is really big, and they don't do that much Summer House stuff on Giggly Squad, if at all. So I think that Giggly Squad actually has listeners that aren't just Bravo fans. Like, I think just girls Mm -hmm. that listen Mm -hmm. to those sort of podcasts listen to it. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, are we going to get the Paige book deal coming soon? Like, how? I mean, maybe maybe she'll be the Republican, cast as the Republican chair in The View. Yeah, <laughs> is she a is she a Republican though? I'm kidding, I don't know. Oh. Probably, but I don't know. <laughs> well, they, I love that they wanted Cameron Eubanks for that. That was you know they tr- they were trying her yeah, out for that, which was hilarious to me. Um, but yeah, I what don't do know. you th- just- what do you? Th- I wonder what Carl thinks of Kyle's drinking. <laughs> I don't know. I just. Who cares what Carl thinks? He just sucks. Go away, Carl. But do I you can't. do you do you agree that Kyle has a serious alcohol problem, or you well, don't even see that? Okay, I would have said yes, but I'm also like they're filming Summer House. That's what I mean. You're there to get drunk and act like a fucking idiot. That's why I'm like Maya, Alex, Carl. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, there's a format to this show. And you're here to get wasted and have a good time and to entertain us. And then when Amanda's like whinging at Kyle, why did you get drunk? It's like, babe, this is the meal ticket. This is what's selling Loverboy. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to get drunk for this fucking. We're here to party. Like, we're not here to like hang out and just send out wedding invitations on camera. Like, we've got a fucking job to do. And I just. So I would need to know more about Kyle's life outside of Summer House to really make 
that judgment. I mean, he's he made Lover Boy and it's successful. Yeah. So I it's guess more like what's you, what is what is he doing like in the like when he's not what, what is his real life yeah. like when he's not and he's, filming? He makes a lot of comments a lot of the time about how Amanda is like really lazy and doesn't fucking do anything and doesn't clean at home and like just sits mm-hmm. around and like doesn't do like I think wasn't there one season where she was supposed to be in charge of like the social media and she like couldn't even do that. Like there was, she had some job, and it was like she had one job, and she couldn't do it. So, I don't know. I'm. Hmm. I would need to know. I just need to know more. But they they need a divorce. I mean, they're such. Or they need to get off the show. I oh, know they they can't get off the show because yeah. they need to sell love. They're they're fucked. You the the show is not good for their relationship, but they need the show for their livelihood and their their business. So it's like I I don't know what they can do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's going to have a kid with him, probably two, have two kids with the same father. And then she's going to, she's, she, he, because it's going to get worse. His patterns are going to get worse. The disappearing, all of that is going to get a lot worse once the kids come. And then she's going to leave him. Could she even film pregnant? Imagine her pregnant and then coming to the summer house when everyone's getting, what would she do? I'm pregnant, going to bed. Like, that would be so bad. It would be another Carl. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. This is this is sort of like switching gears because um, I know that you talk about like dating and stuff on on your yes. show and like a, a lot of my on- Patreon guys. So sign up to the Patreon if you want the the tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for you. So in New York, well, I'm sure it's not just New York. I'm sure it's like New York, LA, and like you know, I guess really everywhere. Um, okay, the question is this. How do you feel about open relationships? Like a lot of the gay community, they that like I mean, the two guys will be literally married, married legally, and they have an open relationship. How do you feel I, about that? I think it's fucking insane, especially when people get married and I'm I'm just kind of like, well, what's the fucking point? I will say, and I don't I don't think it's for me. I will say that I've tried to be more open-minded about it, and I guess you know what? Now that I'm getting older as well, and I'm thinking more like, you know, like TikTok, I don't know. I probably sound really desperate, but I think that I think we get sold uh, like millennials and maybe Gen Z, although I think maybe Gen Z are waking up to it. But I think millennials especially were kind of sold a false bill of goods, especially millennial women about you can have it all. You can wait to do this and that. And then they realize, hey, I I didn't try and lock, lock down a husband and a baby and everything. And now I'm about to hit 40. And yeah, I've got my career, but I don't. So I'm thinking in different terms and I'm thinking in different styles of relationships. And I'm thinking about how different kind of relationships can work and you know a relationship's not the same for everybody so look i can understand how two people especially i don't know if is it, it some, works so well is it some we, is it something that what were you gonna say doesn't work so well, well okay work. i don't think it works so well with straight couples but i think mm-hmm. that with with men because men are such fucking animals like men are like out of control like especially gay men but men are just beyond and i think that it can work with with gay men i don't think it's for me like ideally i want mm-hmm. ideally i want like more of a tra- just a traditional like a trad mm-hmm. a trad marriage but i think i just think there's different different types of relationships can work depending on the people and and what the goal is you know like okay you could have a relationship where maybe maybe you have okay 
really strong emotional connection, right? Like you get along like best best friends and mm-hmm. your goals in life are aligned financially. It makes sense to be together. You can like have a house together. All of it works. Maybe you even want to have kids and maybe sexually you're not, you're not super attracted to each other. Like maybe Mm -hmm. you're both tops or maybe you're both bottoms or something. And then maybe it makes sense to kind of open the relationship up a bit because if everything else is working, then I can see it. But I mean, it's not, it's not ideal. It's not what I want, but I can see why it works for people. I want to give you an example of, okay, so listen to this. (laughs) So you know that I, I'm actually so like I'm back in New York now, but I was I went to New Orleans for January and February. You had an eat, pray, love um, stint in New Orleans. Yes, it was an eat, pray, love moment. Um, I truly love New Orleans, like whatever. And so it was it was wonderful, like phenomenal experience. And I get on the apps there. Well, no, actually, no, I only get on Tinder because I don't use Tinder at all in New York. I was like, let me just use something that like is ready known to be sort of a casual thing. And and more so than like looking for romance, I'm really just like looking for people. Like, let me see yeah. if I can get a social life going. So I wind up meeting this girl. Now, it, this is over Tinder. This is not anything that I would ever enter. T- this is like a sliding doors version of my life, right? This is like, bizarro world like yeah. it's all very experimental and like maybe i'm doing things i normally wouldn't do if i was just like living my regular life <laughs> yeah 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 so well, you're uh, you're not in new york so you feel like it's a different it's well i mean i'm not looking for like a relationship i'm looking for i don't know what i'm looking for yeah so i see on her profile she's like really cute redhead at the bottom says what I see on a lot of other profiles that normally I immediately swipe left on, which is, you know, if I'm not interested, ENM, which stands for ethical non-monogamy, which is what people are now putting on that basically means they're Wait, is open- that what it's called? I, I always yes. see non or open now it's ENM. I feel E-N-M. like they, they're always updating these fucking terms. Yes. Okay. Ethical non-monogamy. Okay. And wait, so wait, 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 sorry. Wait, I've got to get <laughs> ethical non- Monogamy. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a, like a vegan food or whatever, like you're getting free-range eggs. Like, what is with the ethical? It's legal legal cheating. Okay. Okay. Doesn't Basi- non-monogamous, but doesn't non-monogamous just cover that or open relation? So, yeah, I never it, assume when someone says open relation, okay, I'm sorry, I just can't yeah. with ethical in front of the- I, Yes, it's an open relationship. It's all this way of saying the same thing. So, I'm like, what, like, I don't, normally I would never entertain this, but here I fucking swipe. We match. We have great text chemistry. She tells me up front before we meet, I just want to tell you up front, I am married to a man. Oh, a man. We date to a man. We date separate. Or she goes, I date separately. So I say, okay, I can't wait. I'm like, okay. No. Wait, wait, wait. Does so, this does it make it easier that it's a man and not she's not married to a woman? Does that change it? Mm, unclear. I don't for this purpose. I I don't love. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't love the man thing. Yeah, but anyway, so I, so like, <laughs> I don't love it. So we go out now. I've been meeting other people, and there's like it's all just like friend chemistry, friend vibes. Like she's the only one where it, it's like I gotta go through a hundred people to like land on the one that there's gonna be yeah. romantic chemistry. Well, the number came up, and it's her. It's the one that's not only is she married, she's a three year old daughter. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Isn't this issue? Wait, is she a late in life lesbian or is she? Just okay. Bisexual? Here's her. Here's here's her story. She she's been she met the husband in college, so they've been married for a hundred years. She's thirty six. They've been married forever, together forever, and they had this daughter. You know, the, the daughter is three. And she said during the pandemic, or I think no, after the, after she had the daughter, and like in the middle of the pandemic. She said that she, yes, had like hooked up with women in the past, but she never slept with women. And she basically said, I mean, I don't know the exact conversation, but she said that it got to the point where she and the husband were considering getting a sex worker. And they- like Like a female sex worker to come in. And- in the end, they didn't, and she decided, actually, I just want to date. Like, I want to have relationships. I don't want it to be, like, a one-and-done thing. And I think he – he. I, I, so I'm, she tells me all this on the first date. And I was like, so d- is he dating? And she's like, no, he has no interest. So – and she, I'm like, are you only dating him? She goes, oh, she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I'm not interested in men, like, in, like, dating men. She's like, I have my husband. She's like, no, I'm only look, dating women. And she knew that she just needed to have this in her life. And I think the husband is does it because he, I think he puts up with it because he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah. So basically, like this, she like kind of became my girlfriend, <laughs> like my my New Orleans. Like we continued to like see each other. Like we talk every day. So you still talk? Well, I just got back yesterday, but like okay. we've, we've talked every day since we started seeing each other. Like she would spend the night at my Airbnb. Wait, so yeah, I'm just, if you start going back to New Orleans regularly and say this keeps on the track that it is, you could no, be in aunt, some, no, no. you could be in some weird TLC like relationship. A of, throuple? Yes. No, no. I would never allow, no. I don't want to, okay. I would prevent you, it from could you, okay, women, okay, not to be sexist, women are, like, pretty sensitive. Like, they mm-hmm. do get more, like, men are fucking pigs, and that's why they're able to, like, have sex within a toilet with a glory hole, because they're just disgusting animals. Whereas, like, you could, women develop feelings. Like, could you develop, like, serious feelings and go, maybe I, maybe I would? Because that's even where my mind, I used to think never in my life would I ever have an open relationship. You know, I'm so against it. I'm so trad. And now my mind does think, like, you know what? It's not what I want, ideally. But, it, like, if that's, if the, everything else is aligned or whatever or something, and maybe, like, I don't know. It's, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to be, listen, I really like this girl, but like, she's married with a kid, like, and we live in different cities. So like, the fact that I live in New York is like, literally number four in the list of reasons this could never work yeah. out. Uh, Wait, have you so, ever like, had whatever. an open relationship? No. Okay, yeah. No, it, no, do, no, Do no. lesbians do that? Or is that very rare for lesbians? I think some do. But it's not but common you, with like gay men. I don't think it's, I, it's not like gay men. I think it. I do I think, think it's it would probably see that with gay men. I feel like it's the. Do you think it's the default with gay men? Do you think there's yes. more open than yeah? Which is kind of yes. shocking to me. Like, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get why it works for some people, but the fact that it's like, I feel like it's more than not is like, it is crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's not like no. I wouldn't. But what? But it, what it kind of did show me was, I mean, I was in a very, very long very serious relationship um, that ended right before the pandemic. And 
you know, I've kind of been on this journey of like dating again, you know, like I never, ever thought I would be dating again. And so I've had like these sort of like interesting experiences since I've been dating again. And I always, up until I went to New Orleans, I was thinking, I want to be in a relationship. Like I was in a relationship that I didn't want to end. Like, so obviously I want to be in a relationship. And now I kind of see maybe I don't actually, because I never would have had the opportunity to like live this life in New Orleans. If I was locked down in a relationship, like maybe it's, I've seen both sides. I've been in the relationship and I've had the wild adventurous life in and out of it. And it's very hard to be in a relationship with somebody who, well, I don't know. Maybe it's too, maybe I'm going to go get too specific, but like it's, well, no, maybe like there's a reason that like my partner and I didn't work. It's yeah. like she wasn't this wild sort like she wouldn't go to she's not going to go live two months in New Orleans, you know, and yeah. I don't know. I I think um, it's kind of opened my eyes that like maybe I yeah, like or maybe like maybe that's what the next chapter of my life is actually having these interesting relationships like with this girl who's <laughs> married with, you know, married with the kid maybe it's having little relationships like that and maybe I don't need the giant relationship anymore because I've already had it and it ended. So what's the point? But don't you, okay, honestly, this is like pretty bleak, but don't you worry like then you'll have too much fun and then by the time that you want to like, maybe then when you want to lock someone down for permanent, you're all, you've aged out of the market. I have, people need And people need, and people do not think about that enough because I think people have been sold. You can have it all. You can just have fun forever and it's a bit like, you know, even I feel, I feel like TikTok and like, I don't, like I said, I, I hope it doesn't make me sound like very desperate, but I feel like it's more just realistic of like, you know that, that you don't my, have I, I literally forever. I literally said that the other night to my friend on our, my on one of my last nights in New Orleans. I was saying that that I literally said that exactly. I said my fear is I'm going to wake up. So like I'm turning forty this summer. My fear, and you have to understand, I was in a series from like twenty nine to thirty seven. Like I was basically I was married, you know. Yeah. Um, and I I'm I worry like okay if I stop searching for like the relationship. Now, what if I wake up at like 47 and I'm like, oh my God, I now I want, I whatever. This is like not, this is for my therapist. No, this is for no, my Giggly Squad therapist. <laughs> no, I no, I get it. Like, the, the, yeah. I mean, that's a, the, I just feel like be open, be open to whatever. Like, and you know, and I think it's, I think it's smart to be open to different types of relationships and maybe, like maybe an open relationship would work because that is kind of a little bit like I the best of never, both worlds. I could never worlds. be. In, I could never be. I couldn't handle it. Oh really? Well, it's good I you could, know that. I mean, I'm fine to, I guess, be the third, like be the yeah, one because at least not I'm to free. be the one in the yeah. That sounds like a living hell. I couldn't hell on earth. No, thank you. I uh, look. I don't think I could do it either. Real. I really don't think so. I would get like really insecure. I think, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think more open-mindedly. Um, but yeah, look, that's really interesting. Look, tell people about, 
you. Hot takes and deep dives because it is a really good podcast. I've listened to it on and off over the years, even before I knew you, because you get some like really good guests. I was mm. so jealous when you got uh, Jerry Manthe from Survivor because I'd had the idea in my head of like the Jerry villain interview and you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> so I tell Jerry, people about Jerry Manthe, formative for my sexual awakening in the so, year 2000. So, so did you sleep with Jerry Manthe? I can't say that. I thought that you went, I, okay, <laughs> when you interviewed her and then I saw on your Instagram, you were like at her house. I'm like, um, <laughs> I listen, you're good friends. We're good. We're good friends. And I did, I wasn't at her house for two nights because I was in California and she invited me <laughs> to Napa. <laughs> Napa is Napa's really nice, right? Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, tell – you've had other good guests. Sandra Bernhard, <laughs> yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. I really liked the Cara Diaguardi. Like, oh, that my was, God, thank you. That was yeah, really – Yeah, I got and proud I, of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I really liked um, – I think you talked to her about Platinum Hit, didn't you? The songwriting oh, yeah. reality show. I thought that was a really good show. I, I loved liked Platinum that. Hit. Yeah, it was good. It was underrated. Loved Platinum Hit. Yeah, I have um, good – guests at the, okay so the one that's out today that this episode is coming out um i am back with isaac mizrahi who is one of my favorite interviews over the last year and it is insanely juicy like he says he confirms the madonna sandra bernhard ingrid Cazares love triangle um rumor that kind of like it's like why did madonna and sandra like they're falling out of their friendship. And he literally confirms it like in black and white that like, yes, Madonna stole Sandra Bernhardt's girlfriend. <laughs> and like, he talks about it. So like, well, that, you, that's you, pretty, you I don't know what's Madonna, juicier. You get good Madonna tea. Like, cause you, when you had Sandra Bernhardt on, you got some like Madonna tea from that as well about their friendship. It's why I was so put on this earth. <laughs> I know. I mean, we, we still need to do, we still need to have a Madonna chat like at some point, I think. I feel like <laughs> we people still are like not into it. I feel like people are like, like, like they, don't, they don't or they're yeah like you're not ever gonna convert somebody to like being a madonna fan people either like it's very people either are or not wait one one madonna take before we wrap up do you okay. like do you like her instagram because i fucking love it i love no. her instagram it's, i love I the airbrushed it, photos <laughs> it's very scary and sad <laughs> on the internet <laughs> no it's very upsetting <laughs> I love the complete opposite. I fucking love it. I think it's art. I look at it all the time. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's amazing. I just love the way she styles her photos. I also like her. I think her toilet is cute. And now that I've got my own place, I actually want to style. I've pinned it to like style my toilet, like Madonna's toilet. What do you mean her toilet? She just has like a little thing next to it with like a flower and stuff. And just the way she's styled in there, I think is cute. So I want to copy the Madonna toilet. Um, I can't I- <laughs> see the after photo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, um, follow me at JessXNYC. And, and, nice. I have video, and I have videos of a lot of the interviews too. So like, if you want to look at like just like a quick highlight – I put the juiciest stuff up there. So, yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, the links will be on the sh- in the links are in the show notes, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.